Warning, this show is rated M for melanin. You know, if, if the police roll up on you and start telling you to do things, like you were saying, Jason, because you fit a description, you know, like, yeah. well, if you didn't do anything wrong, then you should just, you don't have right. anything to worry about, but it's humiliating. <laughs> Welcome to Blacklight, the podcast that keeps it light while talking blackness. We're your hosts, Sheldon, Jason, Warren, and Julian. We're here to cast blackness in a new light from a fresh, finessed perspective. Every episode, we examine a social issue or current event through an unapologetically black lens. The show exists because in today's media climate, the experiences and perspectives of color are often unseen or overlooked. We wanted a place to share stories of Black people, by Black people, for all people. This is that place. This is Blacklight. Oh, man. So what are we? We're here again. And unfortunately, talking about interactions with the police. And this has always been, I think, uh, it's been tough, I think, for all four of us and not just the four of us, obviously, but as a podcast, deciding what we want to talk about, when we want to talk about it and how we want to talk about it. It certainly has been challenging. We've done episodes in the past about our own interactions with the police, um, what we've seen and experienced, the way that it has made us feel. But it seems to never stop, and we know that. Um, and things, while they seem to get better, then it seems to get worse at the same time, right? And I, it's just so vivid to me just seeing this uh, video from, I mean, I saw it a couple weeks ago, but I, I don't know exactly when it happened. I think within the past year um, with the uh, gentleman, Lieutenant uh, Karan Nazario, and who was pulled over at a gas station and basically was life-threatened by the police for, they wouldn't, I don't even think they would tell him what he had done wrong. You know, they wanted him to get out of the car so badly. And it just blows my mind to be thinking about this kind of stuff. I want to talk a little bit more about it, but, and how I, I think, or what I feel about it. But, you know, Jason, um, why don't we go to you, man? I want to, I want to hear what your, your thoughts are. When did you kind of first see this? What were your feelings, yeah. your reaction and kind of go from there? Yeah. So, um, I used to work for, um, the, the department of defense, right. Um, my first, you know, job with the, the federal you did? Government. who were you defending? Yeah. You know, <laughs> America's rights and, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, you know, I was, um, so this kind of took me back. This whole case sort of took me back. Um, back when I, I first started working for the, the, for the department of defense, I had like a, let's say a, a three month detail at at a certain yeah i'll just call it out it was, it was, it was at fort stewart in georgia because that's sort of important to the story and not like the you know like atlanta georgia but you know like the redneck <laughs> part of georgia right like the clan was like literally still active like i was you know warned about the clan now this so was a little less progressive than atlanta yeah Got it. a little bit uh, so this was back in 2007. So, you know, I was I was sort of um, staying on post with with this job I had. Right. And I never I'll never forget it. Like I got a knock at my door. And it was the um, military police. And and, you know, they, they said, like, hey, um, there's been a sexual assault. And the victim has said that uh, she didn't really know the person, but it was a black man. And we're asking all of the black men who are on post to come down oh, wow. and be identified and, and answer a couple of questions. Okay. So and, well, if you're not is... guilty, you don't have anything to worry about. Okay. <laughs> right. Just do what they say. So clearly this military police person thought I was a fucking idiot or didn't know me, right? It's like Jason Lewis. So I, you know, in a very, because I had just gotten this job. Mm. So in a very polite, cordial way, I told the police person to go fuck themselves okay, um, right. that I wasn't fucking going down there, right? But <laughs> when I went down to like start complaining and like, what the fuck? Like, why are you sending random policemen to like do this thing that's clearly racist or but you know mm. they, they usually were racially they were like we're glad bullshit. you came in there but the the crazy thing is i saw men like volunteer 
voluntarily going downstairs and being questioned by a random white woman who possibly who, who said she was ready to identify somebody like I, I would have to been booble the fucking fool for to go down there and for somebody to say, oh, well, he's kind of looks mm-hmm. like the person that may have done this horrible thing. So, you know, it, it's sort of, you know, this whole incident um, sort of brought me back to this and not even those of us who decide to, uh, quote unquote, defend this country and put on a uniform and fight for uh, freedom I'll just say that and and do that great sacrifice. Not even those people, us who who decide to do that, where we disproportionately volunteer to do this to protect this country. Not even those who take up arms, who put on, who who go to PT and and do this wonderful stuff overseas. Right? Mm-hmm. We're not. We're even us are are not protected against racism and random acts of interrogation or, or brutality or police brutality. Yeah. Um, so to me, that sort of brought that whole experience uh, home for me. Mm. Now, I know that uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm about to swing your way, Warren, so get ready here. But uh, I, mm-hmm. Warren, we were talking, you know, off off air and you had said that the this incident in particular affected you. I think a little bit differently. Are you surprised at the way that it affected you? And I was curious to hear like just a little bit more about that. Yeah. It's not that it was surprising. It's that this, this is a perfect encapsulation of what we've been trying to say for a long time. And this is not, this was not a death, but to me, this was more striking than a lot of the deaths that we've seen where you go like, Eh, I'm not actually sure what really happened. It was a split second decision. You know, like I, I can know what the body camera showed, but I can't know what uh, the guy was actually seeing or like, uh, you know, I'm not feeling the adrenaline in the situation. All of that sort of goes out the window in this situation Mm -hmm. because of all of the things that this what is he, uh, Lieutenant? Yeah, oh, this dude was a yeah. Lieutenant. Yeah. I can guarantee With you that these officers one, would the never, Second lieutenant. never yeah. pepper spray a Lieutenant in the, on the police force. So, <laughs> you have yeah. got to be kidding me, bro. <laughs> they would so, be so, done. <laughs> Go on. So, so this, this Lieutenant, right, did everything he could possibly do to make these officers feel safe. He also was pulled over because they couldn't see his tags. And if you look in the image from the police car itself, you can clearly see a temporary tag in the back window of the car. Like to me, it's, it's very clear that he was pulled over for reasons that were to be fucked with, to be fucked with. And then he, he, I feel like he knew that. And so what he did was he drove slowly to a gas station for the officer's safety so that it could be a lit area where they could see him, he could see them, he could appear non-threatening. It was called a high-speed pursuit. Oh, come on. Uh, and that's why another officer came in to, to assist. Mm-hmm. And then I have, I have never seen someone that looked less threatening in my life. He was, he was calm. He was with his hands up the entire time. He was simply asking what he did. Right. He explained when they said, get out of the car. He he explained, I I don't feel safe enough to get out of the car. I feel like if I were to undo my seatbelt, I would be shot. I would be threatened with violence, right? I, I don't feel safe enough to do this. And the officer's response was, you should feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. Get out of the car. And that to me was a perfect encapsulation of mm-hmm. there is nothing that we can do in these situations right. to make these situations more safe for ourselves. Mm-hmm. There is only the police's ability to make this situation more or less safe for us. Mm-hmm. Like we only we only can do harm in these situations. We can't help ourselves. We can only do worse. And and this man was doing as good of a job as you could ask anyone to do about staying calm, being non-threatening, thinking about the police officer's uh, safety and and uh, security in these moments, making sure to be uh, cordial and non-threatening and 
staying in the light, all of the things that you would ask someone to do. And he was still accosted, uh, ridiculed, ripped out of his vehicle, pepper sprayed, like thrown to the ground and handcuffed. And, and now he's not in jail, right? Mm. Like yeah. you could, you could explain away a lot of these things uh, in a, in a way that we won't get into right now because I, I still think they're wrong, but uh, you could explain away a lot of these things if, yeah, well, he was putting away a hardened criminal. So, so, you know, watching TV tells me that this is how you deal with hardened criminals. This man wasn't a criminal. Yeah. He had his, this man he had was, his goddamn was, uniform on. He was a, he was, he was a normal citizen going about his business, doing the right thing and trying to keep people safe. And he was still, violently assaulted and yeah. just i i don't have any other better word besides violently assaulted yeah and now and now uh, by these by these criminals <laughs> yeah. And, yeah and now we're that talking about dollars go to wars and and, and now and, I, and right. I just want to right. say like where this happened was was windsor and every black person in virginia in in my part of virginia 757 knows how racist and arbitrary one can be pulled over in windsor and especially in the dark for anyone that doesn't know where windsor is it's like an hour and 15 minutes south of richmond or like uh 20 30 minutes uh west of norfolk yeah 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 and 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 literally nothing's there so uh a lot of their (laughs) except for racism uh, racism (laughs) so you know a lot of what you know funds the the local government there is from police stops like this but you know, it, it's it's obviously a, a very different perspective when you are black because I, I don't know a single black person that doesn't know not, you know, that when you hit Windsor, you need to go exactly the speed limit. And sometimes even then you'll still get pulled over. And, you know, it, it was dark. He did not feel comfortable because that's what he a lot of people end up end up saying is that, well, why didn't he just pull over immediately? Right. But it was in the dark. And he's a black man. And it does not matter that he had a full fucking uniform on and that he's serving our country. You saw saw the way that they treated him in the the light. Could you imagine if he pulled over in a dark, on a a road? And and for doing that, for doing that, he got beaten. And and for good measure, they choked his dog. (laughs) Like, like you know, like, and, and, and threatened in in a not so subtle way that they were going to kill him. I, f- I forgot the exact phrase that, that they use, but implied yeah, they definitely didn't give him the idea that, that things used. were going to go well. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they they implied that they were going to kill him if he did not comply. For right. what? Right. For and a tag. Real quick, because I want to make sure we get everybody in here. Uh, Julian, I wanted to touch on sort of either your thoughts. And it doesn't have to be a rehashing of because we've kind of got an idea of what it was. But if there's something that stuck out to you or something that you wanted to kind of share about this or the way that made you feel like what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, you know, I think just in this posture of reacting to seeing all these videos and I think being flooded as this episode is being posted. I mean, we've seen several traumatizing events, some certainly more severe than this. It's crazy because I and I mentioned uh, a little while back, a a couple episodes ago about how I I view things, I view situations in the in the in the scope of how would I explain this to the younger generation? You know, like as a father, how would I explain Mm -hmm. to this generation how you should act when you get pulled over by the police? If you are black, if you're a person of color, how should you how should you react? And what Lieutenant Nazario, how he did, I don't think you could have really acted any better in that situation. And I don't know if you guys think maybe if there is something that you should, you know, you, uh, if he was done. a white lieutenant in the in the army. My God, man, he would yeah. have had both of them crucified on the spot. He would have gotten out of car himself. And it had been and probably else, pistol with them. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Like the things yeah, that yeah. he wouldn't have been able to get away with would, would have been astounding. Mm-hmm. rightfully and, and, so because they're pulling him over for no reason right right yeah so now you know there's people out there like oh well we weren't there we don't know what happened this and that like no come on you know all this all this stuff that's going on is on is on camera now you have body cams he recorded himself which is 
to be without it's crazy because to be without some sort of device to where you can record yourself as a black person out in the community is is a no-no like if you lose mm. your phone as it, you know it's crazy we're for us right now like if we're if we're out and we like lose our phone or something like that yeah it's a huge inconvenience or, or everything but have you guys thought about how like hey like i'm vulnerable without my phone you know what I mean? It's not that, like, oh, man, I can't oh, yeah. I can't get on yeah. social media. I can't do this. and mm. Like, no, like I'm vulnerable. I have no way to protect myself. By, well, but if you, you know, just do whatever they say and you just comply, mm. then everything will work out fine. No, you're right. Isn't you're that right, the way right. that it goes? That, now, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how it every, is. Every, that's time the, uh, every time I've gone on a bicycle ride, in, um, you know, I, that's the, one of the first things. Like, if I get caught out here. Riding yeah. a bicycle, oh, riding bro. a bicycle while black. Exactly. Please and believe I'm going to have my cell phone. Man. It's going to be a wrap if, if something you know goes south. So real quick, I just wanted to throw my um, my two cents in here with this, and it it just is an overarching theme uh, for me. Like it really uh, seeing these in succession obviously hits you know the hardest because you don't have time to deal with this emotionally. You're like on to the next one now. It's compounded, right? Hmm. Um, something, and the reason I'm kind of joking about the, you know, just comply thing is because one of, um, somebody who I, I know on, on Facebook, that was actually my middle school crush, which is kind of wild. But, uh, she, after these things happening, she just posted like, look, you know, all the people are getting upset. If you would, people would just comply and do whatever the officer says, right, then exactly. you know, nothing bad will happen. And I'm thinking to myself, now she's, she's, the here's the, here's the thing that's doubly compounded here no. is she's a white woman. Okay, nothing wrong with that. But she has black kids. And so she thinks that she has this all knowing experience. Like her husband is black. Mm. And because her kids are mixed, mm. she thinks that she is somehow absorbed the blackness <laughs> and yeah. somehow shielded from being racist. Now, I don't think that that comment is a racist comment. I think that's an ignorant comment because she literally has one. My guess is that she's never been arrested. And if she has, it was probably for her being doing something really fucking stupid. You know, and if she hasn't, again, if you've never been made to lay on the ground with your arms and your legs like uh, restricted behind your back while other people are looking at you, you don't know what you're talking about. When people are mm -hmm. like, just comply, you know, if, if the police roll up on you and start telling you to do things like you were saying, Jason, because you fit a description, you know, like, yeah. well, if you didn't do anything wrong, then you should just you don't have right. anything to worry about. But it's humiliating. Right. It's not just an inconvenience where it's like, oh, the police talked to me and I didn't want to talk to them. It's like if they say, get on the ground now. And you're like, I didn't do anything. Get on the ground now. It's like, well, he right. should have just complied. Can't you hear they're angry? Yeah. <laughs> they don't yeah. know who he is and they want to kill him now. And it's thinking if I'm walking on the street and somebody yells, get on the ground. And I'm like, I, what? What? Is that an order or are you trying to keep me safe? Like, get on the ground. Something's coming your way. Okay, that's one thing. But to just be like, get on the ground or to get out of your car or to do this or to do these things. It's like these are humiliating acts, you know, and that's, so that's one part that people don't understand, that that is a true factor. It's also traumatizing. Yeah. Oh, you know, yes. because if you're a white person and you interact with the police I can guarantee you that dying during that interaction is not something that you're likely thinking about. Mm -hmm. But as a black person, as soon as you see those lights or even the car or the car, you're like, I could die here. Yeah. And it's hard to explain to a white person what that does to your mental state. Can you imagine you walk past a person? You're like, these people could kill me and then also not be held accountable. My family yeah. would have no recourse. My friends, they just be like, well, we lost him. No, we didn't lose him. He was taken. Yes. Oh my you God. know, and so like for me, it hits home personally because as I've told you guys off air, you know, my cousin was killed by the police, you know, and it, it pales in, like what happened to me and Warren when we were pulled over outside of my place and how emotionally damaging and traumatizing that was for me and for him. That pales in comparison to what happened with my cousin, you know, and I don't even want to go into the details, but it was bad. You know, it's so bad they just didn't even report on it. But we know what happened, you know, and it's just like to hear if you just comply, then nothing bad will happen to you. And then also to hear, I don't think that my opinion is being shaped because I'm a white person. I can guarantee you that your experience with the police as a white person is not the same. It's OK to have an opinion, but you don't always need to share that publicly, especially if if it doesn't like if it doesn't pertain to you. And you and again, a message. My mom is white. She does not get on social media and be like, I'm a white woman with black kids, so I know everything about being black. Mm. When uh, George Floyd was killed, my mom came to me weeping mm. and she was like, I, I don't even know where to start. 
that's where people need to be. I don't know where to start. I have questions. I need I, like I answer. I need to do my own research. I yeah. need to I need to stop telling black people how to be. And especially around the police, we need to start telling the police to stop killing civilians. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You know, but I'm about to go off on a whole rant. So y'all uh, got to stop me. No. And, and kind of speaking of, of George Floyd, you know, what recently I'm, I'm not sure when this episode aired, but what, you know, fairly recently just happened was the I, I, I don't I, I hate saying the George Floyd case because mm. it sort of puts the, you know, the the spotlight on him when. No, it was a, the Derek Chauvin. Am I Chauvin. 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 Murder trial, uh, which I like to call it because he he's the one that, that did the um, horrendous act. Mm. And, you know, uh, now that that case. Has, it was a team effort, though. It was a, right. But but now that um, that case is sort of over, we're waiting for it for it to be sentenced. A lot of people are like, see, wait, wait now, you know, look at this case. Justice does work. And, you know, but I, I really hope people do not you know, come out of this like, though, I was extremely happy forget. and surprised that Very. this one time when it, the, uh, the, the evidence was so, you know, for, you know, against for conviction here that it actually went the correct way mm-hmm. that we don't we don't get sidetracked to think that this is the norm. Like there have been so hundreds of thousands of cases that the, the evidence was there and the police were in the wrong and they get off scot-free. It was just in this case, the, right. the climate that that we are currently in mixed with the evidence was was ridiculously um, there for for a conviction that we got a conviction. But, you know, a right. lot of people are sort of high fiving like, oh, OK, see, we are getting better. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that the, I, there's the got to needle- be a point that's made yeah, about yeah. that, though, is that uh, is that Derek Chauvin was he was fired. And so he did not have the police protections anymore. I can almost guarantee you that if they would have kept him on, I mean, they had to let him go, but they keep him on as a police officer. He would have gotten a union lawyer, however that works. He got union protection and all this other stuff. You, It would have been a lot harder, I yeah. think, for they would have gone a different route. He would yeah. just not have had the same type of protections. So once they like fired him, they're like, you're on your own, buddy. Yeah. And so like that, I think it, it, it shows that a part of the justice system can work. And that was really up to the jury, man. Um, Thank God far, it wasn't up to the judge. The judge. Who started going on a rant. About Maxine Waters inciting like violence in the community again, and, and we're going to get into this a little bit later. But this is the system that we have to work with. Mm-hmm. And how do you reform that when a judge is so biased against an actual like murder victim that he pulls in a random politician and brings that into the case? It's, it, it was it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I mean that was that was. That was pretty crazy. I do want to I do want to circle back to what uh, Sheldon was saying, because I think it's such an important point. And, uh, uh, and and that point, that point is to when people refer to the Derek Chauvin trial as the George Floyd trial. And, you know, and I, I you know, I I didn't say those words, but I just, you know, in talking to people about it, you know, people were like, hey, did you just catch the George Floyd trial? But then I so I followed the trial pretty closely and to see how. The defense tried to just completely murder him again, and I talk about his his past history, his struggling with uh, with addiction, and you know opiates and all those kinds of things. And I was like, he's he's not on trial here, you know what I mean? Like this this man is is dead, you know? Yeah, the character just, assassination, man. The character assassination, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, this is straight out straight out of the white supremacist playbook. It right. is. It com- well, I mean, it is step the, number two, I think, after, after is, the murder. This is part of the cool thing about seeing this evolve and it, like right in front of our eyes and so publicly is to see like the tactic of how you explain to the public or to superiors why you had to kill a black person mm-hmm. or, or or not even to to make it a black person, although you know, that's what we're talking about right now. But like, how, how does a police officer explain why they have to kill a civilian? Right. It's like, well, he was, he took drugs before. Right. He had an addiction okay. problem 20 years ago. Cool. Can't yeah. Forget about right? that. Uh, he deserved he was it. Suspected, he, got he was suspected of using a counterfeit 20. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he deserved to cool. die because of that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Right. Bro, these, I don't know if these you've are the ever... things that, 
man, I worked at, you know me, I, I worked at financial institutions. So seeing fake money is really not, it's rare, but you know, like typically people don't even know when they have a counterfeit bill. Like if mm. I gave you a fake 20, would you look at it and be like, hmm, Sheldon be giving out a fake 20? No, man, you're going to try to spend it. They hit you with the marker. Then you're like, this isn't real. You're like, what? Oh, they got me. And like, yeah. well, let's call the police to sort this out. <laughs> like again, oh boy. So, yeah. But also, yeah. Uh, hold on. I want to go back to a point that I don't know who made it, uh, but that it was a team effort. Justice has not been served here, in in my opinion, because for one, there is one person on trial. Uh, yeah. To me, there were four cops in this situation, mm-hmm. and three of them. That's what I'm saying. Their job. Their job was to make sure that their compatriot didn't murder someone in cold blood in front of them. And they spent more time worried about the 20 people that were screaming and pleading at this officer to not kill this person in cold blood than they were about the officer that was suffocating a man on the street. So so the fact that we're only talking about Chauvin and we're not talking about the other people mm-hmm. is is a problem to me. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Uh, the, yeah. The also the parallel between between that uh, those officers that we're not talking about and the the officer that originally was trying to pull over the lieutenant he was the one in the back of the video with his gun drawn but not doing anything and and looked super scared also was looking at the other officer like oh shit he's going a little far mm. there there isn't a culture that allows them to like talk to each other and say. Yo, calm the fuck down. Right. They need that culture. Yeah. Because right. otherwise, someone like Chauvin or someone like the the officer that uh, pepper sprayed the lieutenant can just do. Mm. Right. And 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 cause extreme pain and havoc and and death. And and then we have to have these conversations about like how do we get justice in this situation? So wild. You don't. George right. Floyd is dead. His family doesn't get to have him back. Mm-hmm. No amount of no amount of time that Chauvin could spend in prison is worth George Floyd not being alive for another week. Exactly. Right. There's 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 no there's no recompense mm-hmm. here. Yeah. There is there is an amount of time that Chauvin deserves to spend in jail, but that is not that is not a just outcome. Justice will never be served in this situation. And I, yeah. I want to, I, I really like what you just said there because it, there's a whole argument of, um, you know, cases like this, police that are brought before trial and all that, that is a case of just a, like a, the, the bad apple defense, I'll call it. Like it's just a couple of bad yeah. apples. It, what people really need to understand, it's kind of the same thing when people talk about white privilege. It's It's not that, Every police officer is bad. I have a really good friend, great guy. He's a police mm. officer. He's not the issue, you know, necessarily, right. but he's a part of a culture that is the issue. So you That's cannot right. say that we have just a couple of bad apples because there are so many people that are complicit in the whole criminal justice system being the way that it is, that you protect people that you know that are nuts like i mean i i think i've said this before there are plenty of people we've all had different type of jobs you know that one crazy person that's in your job that nobody fucks with right and but the thing is with with these type of jobs and 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 julie we were sort of talking about this too uh with with certain type of jobs like sort of like the job that you have you cannot have a bad apple like so many people are dependent on you not fucking stuff up right you not causing more horrible trauma to someone's life, not just that person by ending it, their family, their their son, their daughter. So, mm-hmm. you know, this whole argument that it's just a couple of bad apples is is really disheartening. I, I'll, I'll just say that because it's 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 not real. Like, no, it's it's not just a couple of, 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 of cases that you see on TV. It's an entire system. Right. That is designed to do exactly what it's been doing for mm-hmm. decades. What we're witnessing is, you know, the modern day slave patrol. And when people I think it's important to talk about it in that way, because people and especially white folks, man, they really have this idea that the police are here to protect you. And, and in general, if you're white, that is the case. And they see, oh, it says protect and serve on the on the car. So that's what they're here for. You know, but when did protecting dirty cops 
become more important than protecting and serving? That's a question uh, that I, you know, that needs to be asked. And really, uh, we need answers on that because that's the bottom line. Nobody is asking for the police to kill white people, too. We're saying right, right. the police should not be killing <laughs> yeah. unarmed, nonviolent civilians. Like Period. how is how yeah. is this yeah. contentious? How is is this, you know, something that is, you know, out there in a world to be debated? Like we pay them to protect us. But instead, what we have is police officers killing civilians. And because they're black, they should have complied. And see, that's it's like and, and a lot of white people, they just can't get that because it's like if your son, little Billy over here got pulled over by the police and mouthed off. Would you say, well, you know, they shot him in the head because he was getting a little lippy. Like, well, you know, you wouldn't say that. You'd be like, they'd have his bad. They'd have the whole department under the jail. Yeah. You know, so I don't want to perfect. I don't want to hear it. A perfect view on the, the different reactions on whether or not someone's white or should have complied or black or whatever is all of the Karen and Kevin videos that have shown up recently mm-hmm. about people being arrested for not wearing masks and absolutely positively not complying right. with officers requests just hitting people going, <laughs> i mean as as far yeah. as possible yeah. right they're going as far mm-hmm. as they can threatening violence resisting arrest i'm okay with and, the thing and is, i don't I think hear it's annoying. anybody saying mm-hmm. right. they should have been killed i don't hear anybody they saying be shot in the head. they they should they should have complied right. but they're also not receiving the same kind no. of violence yeah. right Right. So because so they should, it's not they're, a, they're just they're really fucking annoying. No. Right. But they should be killed. Exactly. Now, you know how many and annoying people point. we have in our lives? I don't want them to die. Again, I just want them to stop being annoying. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that anybody should be killed by the cops during an arrest. Just generally. Yep. I'm saying I'm saying that the the disparity between how we see these these images of black people being treated versus white people being treated and how we talk about black people not complying versus white people not complying is just two totally different things mm-hmm. and we use this idea of they should have complied like they should be subservient right. to these people and that's where it comes like, from is- like 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 we're talking about white people being peers of police That's right. and black people being subservient to. So they should have done what they were told to do mm-hmm. like a good Negro. That's right. And, and that, and, that, ah, uh, that's, that's killer. Yeah. And well, a lot of times white folks don't even realize that's the other thing. And I'm not giving them a pass here, but a lot of times they don't even realize that that's their line of thinking. They're just mm-hmm. saying, well, you should comply with the police because the police are what the authority and we have to do whatever the authority says They're you know, they're enforcing the law. But we know that when a police officer is unjust, when they're going outside of the law, it is our duty as citizens to not comply. And that's a big part that people miss. I, when I, It's important for to use the word citizens. As American citizens, when the police are acting outside of the law, it is our duty to not comply. Because otherwise – but now I'm not saying it's safe. I'm saying it's our duty. I want to get my words correct here. <laughs> I am not saying that it is safe and especially as a black person. You know, it's it is it's it's scary. And, you know, I've heard I've had people say to me, well, you know, but statistically speaking, it's not likely that you'll be shot or you'll be killed by the police. And I'm like, statistically, I can't take that chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so do you want to be gambling? On my side as exactly. They're not on mm-hmm. my side. Yes. Yes. There's very low likelihood that I will be killed. However, it's However. a lot higher than yours. <laughs> so, the and, and and being killed is not is not the. Oh, I mean, that's obviously the worst. Right. But again, you can be you could be taken to jail, which is a yeah. traumatic experience. And you can have your life ruined by being in prison. Correct. And not you could lose ever your having job to have a that. job for something stupid. For, like fitting or a description. For something that's not even true that you didn't even do. That happens. So. Yeah, but we could go on and on about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. What else? Um, what else we want to talk about? So you know, we, we've been kind police. of we've been kind of kicking around this this topic for for a minute, and I think we just need to go ahead and, and discuss mm. it. And it's that you know sort of buzzword um, uh, thing that has been kind of going around. 
Um, sir, Julian, sir, sir, cue up that NWA track. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> D, not fuck the police. No, not that. Uh, one. But uh, <laughs> which I mean, you know, fuck the police. But no, uh, <laughs> no, it's 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 defund the police. And um, there's a, there's a lot of you know uh, controversy on, on that phrase. On one side, some folks are like, well, you know, that phrase um, sounds so ridiculous that you turn people off who want, you know, just general reform, you know, like, you know, reform light. I'm uh, white and that sounds hard. We shouldn't do that. And good mind and it sounds harsh. And then other folks are just like, no, we need a, you know, revolution. Uh, We need a new way to imagine Mm. police reform. But I, I, you know, personally, it, it, this is this is a, a, a topic that I'm sort of intellectually um, having some, so having some issues with, because yeah, on, on one end, yeah, the the system needs to be reformed. But I'm also a pretty practical person, and I know that most people do not want if if someone gets shot, they want the police mm-hmm. to come. If they sure. if, if someone steals some shit out the house, they want the police to come and all that. And that's that's every race, right? Those um, sound like everybody. two great examples of when the police should show up. It should show right, up. Right, right. But, you know, there are, uh, you know, and then when, we, when we're when we saying defund the police, do we mm. really mean that? Because when you say defund, it's mm. like take all of the money. And that's what people sort of get. Does that, it? No, right. it, yeah, it, well, it does, that, it does well, not mean that. And that's. Well, right. But when people. Now, remember, we got to own the narrative. That's the important right. part is and that I'm, we allow yeah, other people to tell our stories yeah. and they'll be telling us what we want. Yeah. And you're, like, that's you're not it. to the choir, but, I, but I'm saying mm. if, if you really want legislate, because that's really what this is about, right? Legislation to pass. If you really want legislation to pass, you have to say exactly what you want to do. You don't. Mm. I can see Julian frothing at the mouth from, here. He's ready to get in here. From, yeah, <laughs> you don't want to take mo- all the money from police departments and give it to like the EPA. That's not what sure. it means. But when people, when you say defund the police, arguably we, you can say you need to say something better, more specific to what you want to do. What people are hearing is zero out, well, zero here, out the police budget is what people are hearing. I think. Yeah, right, 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 right. Exactly. Right, and I think, sure. I think it's because defund the police sounds a lot better than saying reallocate resources to make sure the community policing is a, is part of practices. <laughs> it's kind of a mouthful. <laughs> you know, it's a mouthful. It's kind of you know, you know it's like t- was it TLDR? You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You, you we know. need an acronym. But that's crazy. You know, and and uh, you know, talking about defund the police has been one of the bright spots, I guess. You know, other than my son being born of this, <laughs> you know, this 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 pandemic time, and it's because I've had the opportunity to have conversations with people that I would probably otherwise never had and defund the police is one of the things that comes up because you have first of all it's like hot off the heels of of george floyd being murdered by the police and then when somebody says oh defund the police they think oh no but we need police we need police Mm -hmm. we need police and that's operating under the assumption that we we don't like all police or i'm sorry let me say this uh that we believe that all police are bad now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't believe that all police are bad. I think it's a system that they right. operate in. And we've talked about this before, but it's a system that the police operate in that have policies and procedures and protocols that allow people that look like us to to get accosted, to get uh, followed, to get, you know, what, whatever Pulled happened. over, harassed, had our Pulled pockets over. checked. Absolutely. Uh, being lectured to, being made to lay on the ground, you know, shooting yeah. our, our, you know, shooting us where we're, we could go on and on, man. Right, exactly. And so you talk about, and I think Warren, you put it, you put it so great. And I, and I really hung on to this quote when I'm talking to other people about this, uh, when you said, um, I don't, I don't need somebody to show up with a gun in a situation that doesn't need, you mm-hmm. know, a gun. And I, I, I paraphrase that. You could probably, um, <laughs> clean I don't up. remember what I said, but basically there, there are so few situations where I need someone with a gun to show up yeah. that, that we should, we should not lump the people that direct traffic in with the people that need to show up with a weapon. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and I, you know, that's, that's insane to me that, that the, the, the police are the people that direct traffic when a traffic light goes out. They're the people that do mental health checkups. They're the people that stop you for speeding. And then they're the people that do drug busts. Yeah. Right. But we, we put this all, I know, I know people may 
be specifically I'm on the drug team or I'm on the such and such a team or whatever. But like the fact that we this this whole organization is the police and the police do these things. I I think I think there needs to be some clarification on right. on who's showing up to my window right. when I was going five over the speed limit. Is it the dude that just kicked in someone's door to take down a drug kingpin? Right. Or is this the friendly neighborhood person that's trying to make sure that kids are safe walking across the street right. and just wants to hand me a little slip of paper to say that I need to pay something to the government? because i was going a little too fast yeah right. but see people don't that's, want to see that people t- want to paint it you know in a in a black or white thing and um yeah. i i'm not here to say that there needs to be less or more of any kind of department within the police department i just think that i am people, yeah, I, I, i'll definitely go there but <laughs> yeah yeah well <laughs> but go on, I just, go on, go on. Now, <laughs> i'll put it this way yeah. and and forgive me this is a rabbit hole but I'm, and unfortunately i want to uh take just a couple seconds to to talk about uh dante wright Okay, Dante Wright, the young man who was killed by the police just outside of Minnesota in Brooklyn Center, a town called Brooklyn Center. And so one of the things I appreciated about, um, I guess, the response to this was that they released the dash cam or I'm sorry, the the body cam the day after. And then there was a a press conference with the mayor and with the the police chief that happened afterward. Now, when when you when you talk about, uh, I guess, people kind of, you know, uh, being being accountable. Mm You, you know, you, you gotta you gotta think about I guess the, the the big picture here, right? And the big picture being, the police know what's going on, right? The police know things like, okay, so Dante Wright was pulled over because he had expired tags. Well, in Brooklyn Center, I don't know if it's like a, a statewide Minnesota thing, but there's a backlog in registration for tags. And so he was essentially pulled over because of his expired tags. But if you tried to register or or renew the registration in your car on your tags, you know, you couldn't do it. And the police chief was asked about that in the press conference. And he admitted that he knew that there was a severe backlog and that despite this knowledge continued to allow officers to stop people for wow. this reason. Yeah. And so because that's not the reason yeah. that they're stopping them. There's not the reason it's, he stopped them. It's right. a hook right. to get them mm-hmm. on something else. Right. And yeah. and furthermore, and furthermore, the, I, I think this whole situation is sad, right? But furthermore, he I can't tell you whether he knew or not that he had a warrant for his arrest. But after the police ran his name, it turns out, hey, he has a warrant for his arrest. Now come to find out the reason he had the warrant for his arrest it was a bench warrant for his arrest for failure to appear, appear. in court for a court Ooh, hearing a thug yeah a thug right now why didn't he appear i don't know whether he knew or not but the notice was sent to the wrong address well but, you know so Good it luck. was sent back to the right mm-hmm. so yeah, as but a what result did he do in his he, past though that's what i want to know right yeah did he I ever do we like mm-hmm. never i don't know he might have he might have had a hit not, Let's not gloss over that, though. The government failed to send him a notice Mm -hmm. to his address, Mm -hmm. and it got sent back to the government, and so the government issued a warrant for his arrest. Right. Yeah. And that's why... Yeah, he was executed by the state. situation... Yeah. Yeah. He Mm -hmm. ended up dead because of that. Right. So he's, you know... Wow. So, you know, but I I bring that up to say that, you know, even, even despite the fact that I can appreciate that the police chief, the day after this happened... You know, was made uh, availed himself to participate in the press conference and everything. He was fired maybe that day or the day after. But even still, I mean, you know, so I can appreciate that. But at the same time, you know, and obviously the officer who shot him should have been fired, by the way. Right. So, yeah. But the officer who killed Dante Wright was fired, too. And then people, you know, I, I hear people settling to the fact that like, oh, yeah, well, you know, that's justice. That's justice. No, it's not. If you lose your job because you did something with <laughs> fatal repercussions for somebody, losing your job is is half the fact. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah That's you still thing. get to live. Let's I'm glad she's backwards for and just a second. with another police department because <laughs> that's right. a lot of them will just end up doing it. They'll, they'll yeah. have a, or administrative a leave. I'm, do yeah, administrative right. leave where they're, they're still getting paid, and then mm-hmm. go and you know be a horrible shitty officer in in another town. You know, but I I, I do want to because I I think we're sort of all in in agreement about um, some of some of the reforms. But I I sort of want to get back to this topic of 
defund the police mm-hmm. as a slogan, as a uh, a goal. I, I I don't know because again, like we you know we we sort of agree on in general. I think the police reforms that 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 we would like to 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 happen because we are sometimes have have been victims of that mm-hmm. police system. But if you're trying to get legislation passed, like there's legislation before Congress right now, the George Floyd legislation that is is stalling right now uh, in, in the Senate, right? And mm-hmm. um, it gets rid of uh, immunity for for cops to to basically be able to do any the fucking thing that they want and not be you know uh, criminally liable for it. It bans chokeholds. It does all these great things that should have been done years ago, right? Mm-hmm. But you're you have to get you know you have to drag people over the finish line, and I defund the police polls really bad with certain segments of the people that you need to vote people into office to yeah. get them to to pass the legislation. So my thing is, should this police reform movement? Move away from that phrase because it has become. It's, it's almost become like a pro. You know, like you, you say you're pro life. Well, if you're pro life, the opposite is like you want babies to die. You know, like the Jason. just the sound of it <laughs> is so toxic to some people. Mm. I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. I'm playing devil's advocate, but do you though? Maybe I don't. But <laughs> I know it's a bullshit excuse for some. I know it's a bullshit excuse, and they are not going to be for anything that mm-hmm. says the police can sometimes be wrong. I get that. But if you're trying to pull certain people over the finish line, should we change that term? Should we change the narrative, as we say yeah. a lot in this podcast? I want Warren to go, and there then is, I want to add one piece, yeah, yeah. and then we'll go from there. There is no slogan that would make taking money away from people that are seen as protectors palatable. Mm-hmm to a large swath of the population. There is nothing that we could say that would that would get them to say you should change the people that I feel like protect me. There's there's nothing that we can say to to make a right. a, a large portion of the population feel any any better about that. And and one of the, in terms of slogans, we have Black Lives Matter as the most like tame easy Easy, tame, uh, understandable <laughs> slogan. Hi, we matter. And, and what do we hear? What do we hear as soon as you say Black Lives all Matter? Lives all matter. lives matter. matter. White lives, lives matter. matter. Blue, Blue lives, lives matter. matter. Oh, by the Aliens way, you can't matter. say Black Lives Matter. Don't all lives matter. But but blue lives matter though, right? Like, <laughs> unless you're an insurrectionist we, we, killing we gave police them, officers at the Capitol, then that's then we that's gave what them the. We gave them the nicest, easiest, tamest slogan to to just try to take on Correct. and immediately it was a hate group mm-hmm. right uh, there is there is nothing that we could say about the police in in terms of a slogan that would make it any more palatable right. to to the people that are so anti reform for police officers i don't think i actually think using the abolish the police slogan has made the defund the police slogan more, more palatable, palatable mm-hmm. to people so that since people are saying yeah, abolish because Americans police, know what abolish now we can means. actually <laughs> now we can actually have the conversation about defund the police. Mm-hmm. Anyone that was open to the idea of defund the police took the time or or was open to the conversation of what do you actually mean when you say right. defund the police? I think anyone if- that took defund the police translated it directly and said uh, completely defund the police and I don't need to hear anything else that they're saying. Mm-hmm. Those people were never going to, those right. people are never going to respond positively anyway. Yeah. And to, to bring all of that together, I agree with everything that Warren is saying. And, and to add to that is in my experience, when I find a, a blatant issue that is difficult for white people to wrap their head around, especially when it comes to restitution, they will say that nothing can be done. Uh, so, for instance, like a good example is reparations, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Ooh, hold on now. This is a touchy subject. Literally, this country was savage as fuck to a group of people, and we should make no attempt to make that right. We'll just stop being assholes, and we'll call it even, right? Mm-hmm. Am I right? That is, <laughs> uh, that is America's inside joke, is be happy and be thankful for what you've gotten. We could have been way worse, you know? And so- The Kaepernick argument. Right. It's like, shut up and dribble. Exactly. We, you know, we pay you, we pay you to play a game. We don't pay you to tell us how racist we are. 
That is not what white people want to hear. And it's and that's the we thing. We are better now. The thing is, it's not palatable. White folks do not want to hear about how racist they are because it makes them uncomfortable. You know, and they're like, this don't remind us about this. I'm here to play sports or and it's like, well, my brother is a police officer, so the police can't be bad. And what we are what we're trying to say here is there is actually a difference between the individual officer and the police system. But you can have a dirty fucking cop working in a shitty ass racist system. That is very possible. You know, and you can have really great people trying to make a difference working in a racist system. And whether they are there or not, if we don't change the system, the system is still racist. And I think that that's what a lot of folks miss is that whenever there's a challenge ahead of us, like, okay, well, let's look into things that we could do to make this better. Now, if you go to any website that is uh, basically pro-black and says like all, all this stuff about, you know, police interactions and things like that, you will find step-by-step instructions, bullet points, pamphlets, all kinds of things saying, this is what we want. This is how we can go about doing it. These are the things that we want to stop happening. This is where it's happening. This is what we've been doing against it. Da 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 da. And then people will be like, why don't black people do anything about this? And it's like, do you live in, in black communities where people are talking about this regularly? Every black community is not Chicago. And even Chicago, Stop saying that shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. So my that's that's my take on it is that when I hear this time and time again, it's it's like um this is not related, but this is in, in, in a in a similar vein. I was talking to this white guy about how the US women's national team, the soccer team, should be paid not as much as the men, way fucking more than the men. Because they're so much better. You know, and they if if, if we're talking about performance and results, pay the motherfuckers. You know what I mean? And I say that like, like joyously, please pay these women more money. You know, it's, it's, it's a joy to watch the play. And they're like, well, you know, it's a, it's a marketing thing. It's a branding thing. People don't want to pay to watch women play. I'm like, this is assuming that everything is equal here and that we market women's sports the same way we market men's sports, which we do not. It is saying that we are giving women the same advantages and the same opportunities. And they're like, well, there's no such thing as equal opportunity. I'm like, there's a way to try. There is certainly a way to try, you know, you're not going to get it perfect, but you can certainly try, you know, and that's, I bring it back to the original ideas. We have to try something and it does not have to be perfect. But the idea that if, if the only thing that a person can get out of defund the police is take the entire police budget away and replace it with nothing, you're like Warren said, you're not going to reach that person. That person is unreachable. You might be able to move them a little bit away from that towards like, Tell the police to stop using chokeholds like they might get there. Maybe not, you know, but that's more so I want to say is that a lot of times people will use this stuff as an excuse to do nothing when in reality, there's a lot of things that can. But be done. I, I mean, that that makes me like, you know, people of like conscious mind, you know, like feel good. Like, yes, yeah, it's it's, it's sort of like common sense to us. But again, I, I keep going back to being practical and dragging certain people like we had to drag people from mm. like we have a white supremacist in office and maybe we that person shouldn't be in power because he's incompetent and racist right like we had to drag people along super like familiar. we have to do that. So, that so you want to we have you want to be palatable as as possible like you're trying to be as palatable, be palatable as possible and try to trick people yeah. to to coming alongside. Mm. Yes, because I think guess the way I think the way to do that. I think I think the way to do that is to say it is unfair to police officers how the the society treats them today. And the only way to be more fair to police officers <laughs> is to keep them from being in situations like they're yeah. in right now. Correct. Like Derek Chauvin was yeah. put in a situation where he was trained in a certain way and no one stopped him. Him and the system didn't help him, yeah. and then he was hung out to dry. Yeah. This is this is a travesty that no one gave him some mental health help. Yeah. He didn't he didn't get any mental health help. He didn't like make sure that someone was was prepped and ready to to make sure that he didn't kill anybody. And then and then as soon as he interacted with this racist system, the racist system said, "Up, oh, 
uh, we didn't train him to do that. We didn't teach him to do that. Yeah, because uh, we're the not racist. racist also because our, our our policy says mm. that that's not what you do. Mm. Right. But that's not like culture isn't written down in a mm. policy. So so suddenly this man is is the scapegoat, mm. and all we have to do is is put him in jail, and justice was served. Mm. And now the police department doesn't have to change at all. Only only this bad apple needs right. to go away. Right? We're hanging well, individual a, officers yeah. out to dry. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's make a reform that allows police officers to actually be protected by the system because the system protects civilians. And so we don't have a situation where uh, everybody is against police officers. We actually have a situation where civilians love right. and mm-hmm. adore police yeah. officers. It's, right. it's, in, our, it's, the it's in our movies of the community. How many how many movies have we seen where the police Take Batman for, for for instance, right? Like part of his thing is scaring criminals, beating the shit out of them to confess, right? Which if a police officer does that, a lot of people are like, no, that's that's not cool. But yeah. we have, you know, it's it, again, it kind of goes to the the culture thing. Like it's so embedded in the culture. Like, do you decide to attack the culture, which is which is really the culprit, or do you try to get like small battles? Um, that save people's Porque lives. No los dos. That, that saves people's <laughs> lives. So, uh, eh, <laughs> nicely I don't know. done. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> He's, he was saving that one for that moment. <laughs> <laughs> we we can do we can do both. We yeah. can we do should, both. But can the, we? The, can the this issue country that I do have, both? This country has a hard time yes, doing simple it's shit. A, it's a combination of both. It's it's code switching. Mm-hmm. You just can't talk to the same people True. in the same yeah, way, yeah, yeah. or everybody in the same way. Right, right. You have to talk to the people that need to be need to be talked to and catered to in one way. Yeah. You you talk about you talk about caring for the police officers, and the system is not. Right to police officers, and then you talk to everybody else. Like, no, we seriously need to defund this shit, <laughs> and so that we can actually keep civilians safe. Yeah, people get all 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 timid when we start talking about the police as though we should be afraid, and that's again that 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 cultural uh, idea that's been placed on us. One is that we assume that the police are the good guys, right? And so if they've done something, they must have done it for a good reason. It's sort of the way that we feel about America. America's the good guys and whatever we do, it's done. having a war, it's for the greater good. It's done for democracy. Yeah, for the greater good. Yeah, states' rights. Yeah, states' rights. So, <laughs> you know, and that's, it's just such a huge fallacy, I think, when people, it's just, they get that confused and they think, okay, well, the police are the good guys, so do whatever they say. They are in the right and you are in the wrong because they are the police and you're not. And, you know, I used to be, man, I'm all for changing something from the inside. And I think that there truly are police officers, both black and white and of of many shades, who truly feel that they are making a difference. And they may be within their community. You know, maybe they've got community policing. Everybody knows who they are. They're well-liked and da-da-da-da-da and this and that. But there's a lot more to it than that. And in general, folks don't want somebody policing them who they don't know. You know, you'd much rather be having somebody in your neighborhood who you're familiar with. Uh, But, you know, in general, we got to get away from this idea that one, that nothing can be done. And, um, you know, that we that some steps are are worse than like no steps. And I've just seen it time and time again. It's a typical, you know, I, I hate to pigeonhole folks here, but it's like it's just a typical white person response when uh, they say that, you know, nothing can be done or it's a big issue. It's like when it, but it doesn't impact them directly. Again, reparations is a great one. Police brutality is another. They're like, well, you know, it's not as so, bad as So think. Sheldon, what should be done? Do you have anything that you like? I find it a hard conversation to have of like yes. when people say, well, what should we do? Yes. So let's actually talk uh, that's specifically such about such a hard conversation. Yeah. It, it, it actually isn't because you mentioned it. You said, let's make police job easier. And I would I would say, let's remove the tough job excuse because that's what we hear time and time again. They have a tough job. They have a hard job. Let's remove that, you know, and say we don't want people like you're saying, we don't want people showing up with a gun when a gun is not necessary. I don't want somebody to show up because something's going wrong at the house. And then they're like, do you live here, sir? And then shoot you, shoot me and kill me. But that's ridiculous. You know, and so we need to remove the, and to remove the tough job excuse, we need to stop asking the police to do everything. In that regard, I can certainly understand and empathize with 
a police officer, not the police, a police officer on a human level. When a job is asking too much of you, you're like, look, I'm not trained in this. And they gave me one day course on this. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> certified in conflict resolution or de-escalation. You know, it's like they got me out here chasing crackheads, you know? And so it's like stuff like that. I, I get that. But at the same time, you know, something has to, it has to change and to change it, you have to remove some of those things, the, the, um, the burdens that we're placing on police officers. That's a big part, you know? So we remove that. The other thing is we must change the way that we think about policing because we assume that policing is, is, um, is basically like harassing people and like looking into things, stopping people, checking their pockets. I can tell you if anybody's ever had that happen to you, you don't like that, especially like, and the other thing is. I hate to I hate to break it to you, but if you pull white folks over and you check their pockets, it statistically they are way more likely to have something on them or be doing something. And I'm thinking again, this is it's like living in two different worlds. So part of it is that, um, and then there's a few other things. There's some one stop putting it on black people to fix it, and then the other thing is, but we do have to co-op white people to actually share the message with other white people. Because you see, one, you got white folks who just don't hang out with any black people, so it just doesn't matter to them at all. Or they'll be like, I have one black friend, so I'm not racist. And it's like, oh my God, folks, like, we need you to be advocating for this. You can't be like, uh, I have co- friends who are cops, but also I don't, I don't like talk about this with them, you know? And then like, or, and, and like, and, and passionately. You know, because they'll say one thing or another, but it's like, how do you how do you stand by and watch this happen? You know, and they're like, well, I can't do anything about it. You know, I, I got to protect my brothers. And yeah. it's like, oh, mm, you know, it's like, I got to protect. Don't, don't open up that because I have something to say about that. I'm not so gonna... uh, there are many options. You know, those are just a few of them. But let's remove the tough job excuse. Let's remove, you know, the the need for police to respond to every situation. Again, traffic infractions, things like that. Nobody should be dying over, a you know, or they uh, you know, they didn't stop at a stop sign or, uh, you know, they, they had a taillight out or their tags were expired. Like nobody should die for that. And if the police pull you over and you didn't know that your tags were expired or you're frustrated because the, you live in a state where there's a backlog and you get frustrated at the cop and the cop's like, well, this person's getting mouthy. Come on. You know, anyway, Julian, you wanted to add to it and say, uh, say something there. Yeah. There's a couple of things I wanted to add too. Um, and I think that, that, list is so <laughs> comprehensive and I definitely think that um, having that conversation with I don't know police or somebody with influence would definitely not that they haven't heard it before you know but I think that would definitely uh, you know at least go a long way I, you know I think when I think of reform I also think of what it would take to incentivize police police officers to have more of an opportunity to provide for their families now hear me out because this is not like a oh we have to like protect all police and everything but here's what I'm saying so uh, what would it look like if police, there was like a, a minimum that they had to have a bachelor's degree, right? Or at least there was some sort of like such a high incentive, like a financial incentive, like maybe like a 20 or 30K more salary, something like that, um, if they have a bachelor's degree as opposed to whatever the requirements are now. Now, I'm just thinking out loud, right? But then, you know, I mentioned earlier in the in the Dante Wright case. So in that press conference that I mentioned earlier, the mayor mentioned that of the officers on the police force, none of them live in that community, right? So what does that look like if you, once again, incentivize, heavily incentivize an officer who, one, is from that community, has a bachelor's degree, uh, if that's possible, you know, you know, what does that look like? So because you have somebody who's invested in the well-being that's of the, the place where they part, rest their head. They're invested in the well-being of the community. You mm-hmm. can't have somebody coming into another community and fucking shit up and then going home and sleeping peacefully in their bed. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, people know where you live. And the last thing I want to <laughs> add, and this is going to sound very conservative, but the uh, the power of the the uh, the unions and the pensions and stuff like that, I guess, of the police is just so uh-huh. high. Yeah, uh, it's it's you know what I mean. Mind like boggling. Mind boggling. I mean, obviously set aside uh, qualified immunity and everything. But I think that if an officer in the department fucks up, like you have a Derek Chauvin situation or you have whatever happened in uh, Brooklyn Center, that needs like their fuck up. Or the legal fees to protect them or whatever it might be um, needs to come out of the, the collective pension of the officers. Mm. You know what I mean? Because now, because 
Y'all support him, know, right? Y'all look yeah. the other way. I like, and they say that, idea. Shit, I like right? that idea. Yeah. I had never uh, thought about that, but I'm open but, to listening to it. <laughs> but, so, but yeah, but here's the thing. What's the biggest way to, to affect somebody? Affect their pockets. Mm. You know what I mean? Hit them with the Police one, officers, two in the pocket. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, so th- those are some of the thoughts that I had just in terms of reform. And I, I probably, uh, you know, could think of several more, but... Uh, I guarantee you when you make it a... When you no, make it a priority for for uh, police officers to change, that's when, and it's gotta it's gotta hit hard enough and be big enough. Like that's a big part of it. We're like, how can we do this in a way that doesn't inconvenience the police system? You mm. know, and so like part of it, you're right. Maybe we gotta get gotta get the police on board too. That's the challenging part. Yeah, you know, is saying, hey, how do we work within this system to make it easier for you to do your job? I think there's one one that I have specifically because of uh, a police officer that I know that was involved in like a really high stakes shootout kind of situation and and said that they were fine when they were not fine when mm. asked about it by their superiors. I think every time a police officer draws his or her weapon that should require counseling. Mm. Because wow, you've yeah. now escalated, you've now escalated a situation to a life or death situation, mm-hmm. and that's got to be traumatic, yeah. and that's got to be addressed. I think it should have to be addressed every single time it happens, so that we don't have situations where we don't know someone is a little bit unhinged, and it's it's got to be something that is is required to the point where if you don't go to see it, you don't get to work. Mm. Mm. That would, I think that would change a lot in terms of how many officers that need therapy end up getting some therapy. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we can't, we can't pretend as though police officers are not human and that they don't experience things as well. But to your point, exactly like you're saying, Warren, they need things. And part of that is they need proper training and they need proper care, you know, and, and to be able to effectively uh, help a community to be safe, but not to come in and, you know, make things worse and then have no accountability. Right. We need elevated accountability, less police doing every job under the sun, uh, and more care for the cops that are actually protecting the communities. And I want to sort of piggy bank quickly off uh, a point that, that Julian just made, because I think it was right, a really good point. point. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm up yeah. last. <laughs> Julian but, is uh, about to sprint out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, as I've discussed on the on the podcast, I, I was a police cadet, and, and I remember, the, I, actually, I remember the salary. I think it was $38,000 to be a police officer, and if you had a bachelor's degree, you did get paid more. It was like forty. I made made the same amount being a bank teller. Oh, my God. So, yeah. (laughs) So with that said, I think if, you you know, it's it's sort of one of those things you get what you pay for. If you have a more and I hope I don't sound elitist, but if you if you have a more educated, um, informed and trained workforce, you'll get a better police officer. And if that police officer and if if you pay that police officer a little bit more, you attract the type of people that you want policing a neighborhood. So I know, again, just from from personal experience that that weighed heavily on my mind. And being a police officer is a hard job. Mm -hmm. I I know we don't want to, you know, that's not an excuse to to randomly kill black people or people of color or whoever the fuck you want. Civilians in general. Civilians in general. It's a very hard job. You meet the absolute worst of society on a daily basis. You get spit on. You get called every name in the book. Like it's not a, 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 a plus job. But with that, you know, again, with great responsibility, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. So but, you know, I think if you were able to it's just like the same thing with teachers or or any job that you deal with the public that is so vital to our country, to us um, evolving as a society. You have to pay police officers a decent, good wage and get bad officers out and fuck the system. Thanks for listening to Blacklight. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BlacklightPod. That's Black, L-I-T-E, Pod. If you have a topic, idea, or feedback you'd like to share with us, 
you can hit us up at blacklightpodcast at gmail.com.